Welcome to the Every Nation Taipei podcast. We're here to help you know God, discover your purpose, grow in your relationships, and make a difference in Taipei, Taiwan, and beyond. We hope this message encourages you today. Thank you, everyone, for the warm welcome. Um, yes, we love Pastor Bruce and Terry. We're so thankful for their presence, uh, not just in Taiwan, East Asia, but worldwide. Everyone loves them so much. Like I remember the news when we heard that Pastor Bruce and Terry were coming from New York, uh, coming here, and that we could be together in this uh, same region, uh, leading this region. I was like, yes, Pastor Bruce and Terry are coming because they're so loving, welcoming, caring, and their smiles. It just makes you feel so happy and comfortable being here together with them. Pastor Bruce and I were uh, doing a seminary together in Asbury. Um, and we were outliers of that community. I don't know if you know what outliers means, but we were outliers in either direction, you know. <laughs> but we love Pastor. He has so much wisdom. Uh, just such a joy to be here with him uh, in in Taiwan. Um, I want to first. Oh, well, yeah. This is my family. I wanted to um, introduce you to my family. I just have a quick picture. Uh, well, I'm half Japanese, half Colombian. My wife is half Japanese, half American, Dutch American. Uh, our kids are pretty nicely mixed. Um, my wife was supposed to come, but uh, she had to take care of the kids this time, so she, she couldn't make it. Last time, she couldn't make it as well, when I was here about three years ago. So next time, I'll definitely try to bring her and the family over. How many of you remember me from my last visit? Okay, good. Not so many. Uh, for the people that remember me, um, I just happened to realize that I'm kind of preaching a very similar thing from when I came three years ago. So I'm just praying that God will alter your memory a little bit and, so that you don't remember what I what I said. Well, I'm going to talk about McDonald's a little bit. Uh, this might be an urban legend. Maybe you have heard this before. But McDonald's uses a lot of money in research and development and especially to locate their uh, stores. They use a lot of money for that. And smart companies, what they do is they store, they, they open up stores wherever McDonald's are. Burger King does that, I think, because, uh, you know, McDonald's just knows where to place their location, their stores, so that people would come to them and the other companies would do the same so that they can, uh, they can, uh, they don't have to worry about spending so much money on that. So recently, a McDonald's uh, near my station, like about three minutes away from my house, uh, moved location, like, uh, I don't know, about 20 seconds away. And that, it was nicer and newer. And so we were wondering what's going to happen to the uh, old McDonald's building place. And after about a month or two, I see a sign, Burger King, in the exact same location. And we were rejoicing. Yes, we have choices of burgers now. Because Burger King, we love Burger King. I love, my, my wife loves. And then we're like, and it's very rare, scarce in Japan. There are not too many Burger Kings. So we're like, yes, finally, God has blessed us with a Burger King. And so, <laughs> and that proves my point that Burger King is actually copying locations of McDonald's. And you know, I'm also thankful for every nation that does pretty much the same thing. 
not copying other churches whatsoever, but copies and takes the example of Jesus Christ's ministry and creatively uh, contextualizes to each and every one of the countries, each and every one of the contexts that we're in. The mission statement that we talk about here, it is our interpretation for us um, about the, of the great commission that God has given to the disciples. And this is our interpretation for every nation that we have to honor God by establishing Christ-centered, spirit-empowered, socially responsible churches and campus ministries in every nation. So we wanna, I, I want to today take a look at the, the original mission statement for Christians, which is uh, Jesus' mission statement that he gave to all the disciples that all the churches will follow. He starts off, uh, and Jesus came in, came in and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. He starts off like this, and he's giving the great commission to all of his disciples, the 12, that therefore went and did that. And so when I was reading this, and I'm always kind of, uh, thinking ahead a little bit. And I was like, what happened to these disciples of Jesus? You know, you hear about Peter, you hear about James, John in the book of Acts and some more. But I was uh, kind of researching all over the place, like what happened to all the other disciples? And this is kind of like a map that, um, it's not like a complete picture. There are different theories and there, there are different things uh, said about different people. But basically, this is what it looks like. Um, some people stayed in Jerusalem, like James, uh, James there are two Jameses, but James 1 um, stayed in Jerusalem. Uh, Peter went to Iran. Tadeus and Simon, Armenia. Philip, Matthew, Andrew went to Turkey and John. James, the other James, went to Egypt, uh, Matthew, and Thomas in India. And they were all over. They were really faithful to the Great Commission and went to where they were called. And, um, sorry, when we think about Jesus and his disciples, we have a certain image. I wanted to really focus on who they were right now at this moment, because that is a huge key in us as every nation in interpreting what Jesus did for the next generation. Some of our uh, mindsets, we, we look at like Jesus movies. You know, how many of you have seen like Jesus movies? Uh, back in the day, a lot of Jesus movies and the disciples actually looked like this. They had big beards, and they were like uh, older gentlemen, older men that were following Jesus. But we have to remember one thing. Uh, what's the, the word that the disciples uh, used to call Jesus? They called him rabbi, and rabbi means teacher. In the Jewish tradition, usually when, student, when the uh, kid, when he turns 12 or 13, they go under an apprenticeship of a rabbi, and then they receive training, they receive education, and that was uh, basically uh, one of the ways that kids got educated in the, in the Jewish system. So, that means that the, the disciples of Jesus Christ probably did not look like this, but looked more young. 
And even, people even say that maybe the youngest of the disciples were about the ages 13 and 14. How many of you are students? Can, can, I want the students to all stand up if they're all here. Some students, some students. I saw some kids. Are they in kids' church? There, there's kids' church, right? Yes. And so this is basically what the, the next generation, the disciples of Jesus looked like. They were young people. Please, thank you. We want to give you a hand. Thank you very much for coming here. They look like this. These are the, uh, the young people of, of our church in Yokohama. They were young. They're crazy. They're messy. Sometimes we really don't believe that they, they can actually make a difference in the world. But these are the people. Sorry, that's just my sinful thinking. But Jesus sees further into their hearts and into their futures to see what they can do to impact this world. So that's what Jesus did. Jesus gathered a bunch of students, a bunch of youth. Twelve people surrounded him. He created his own school, basically, his mobile school, and he discipled it, discipled the heck out of these 12 students. And that is the, uh, the model that Jesus created for all of the other churches to come. And that's why every nation, every nation, Taipei, we follow the model of Jesus Christ. And that's why we put a lot of premium on the next generation, the students, in this nation and students worldwide and Jesus and his young students changed the world as we will be looking a little bit more these students that we look at that some of them don't seem promising but these are the ones that will surprise us these are the ones that will surprise us for example um, uh, we talk about this yeah every nation change the campus change the world and we want to look at an example here you know the, uh, the nation of India, uh, geographically, you can kind of separate it uh, in the northern India, the central India, and southern part of in India. And for some reason, the southern part of India is a lot more open and a lot more welcoming to Christianity. And, uh, you know, it's divided into thirds, but half of the population of Christ Christians um, are accounted in the southern part of India. And I believe that one of the reasons why is because one of the disciples of Jesus decided to go there, southern India, and preach the gospel there, made disciples there, planted churches there, and uh, changed the course of that area of of uh, India. And uh, this was basically Thomas. And one of the first things that come, comes to mind when we hear about Thomas is that he was a doubter. Yes, you guys are good. Oh, sorry, we're going the other way. This is uh, basically his, his claim. That he's famous for this quote, right? He said, Thomas said, unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails and place my finger into the mark of the nails and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. And this is why he is called Thomas the Doubter. And that Thomas, who was a doubter, who did not believe until he saw, met Jesus Christ, the resurrected Jesus Christ. He received the Holy Spirit in the upper room in Acts. And that's when, and we don't hear about Thomas after that. Not too much. We hear about other disciples, but Thomas, his story, in the Bible ends there and I believe it is because he decided he chose right at that moment to go 
to go, to not look back and to just go the, the farthest he can go. And so you look at all the people where everyone went, but I believe that Thomas went the furthest away, furthest to India and to disciple that nation. And so that is the story of Thomas and how he changed the nation, the, at least the southern part, for the rest of its course. Of course, there were other missionaries, other churches that came that helped out, but he started that cycle of blessing in that part of the nation. The rest of the nation is very hostile to Christianity. Even there was an article earlier this year talking about how um, the, the Hindus uh, are really persecuting the Christians, especially in the northern part, in the central part. And um, no, I believe that there is uh, a calling for for uh, India and the, the Christians there will rise up and really change the nation. But that started 2,000 years ago when Thomas came with the gospel there. Um, you know, I purpose purposely uh, took out one of the names of the disciples here. Can you guess who it is? Some people have said, when I, when I preached this in uh, Japan, some people said Paul, but he wasn't one of the 12. I'm talking about the 12. Bartholomew. It's Bartholomew. Some of us are like, what? Who? Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm like that. I was like that. When I was, uh, you know, um, creating this message, I was like, I want to focus on someone that I've never really known about. Uh, top two names. Um, Thaddeus, Thaddeus. I was like, who's Thaddeus? Who's Bartholomew? But he has like a funny, funny name. So I chose uh, Bartholomew. So Bartholomew is like, who is it? Uh, well, he comes out, you know, in Matthew 10, when Jesus calls his disciples, he, he comes out, Simon, uh, uh, Peter, Simon, and Andrew, and he, Bartholomew. Um, but the thing is, you know, when you, um, how many of you know this character of One Piece? Oh, some of you, some of you, some of you. That's good. Uh, no, so uh, Pastor Bruce and I, we were seminary students, and so we have this cool like search engine that tells us everything about the Bible. It's called Google, by the way. And then, <laughs> so I was uh, researching on Google what happened to Bartholomew, and then it, the first suggestion that comes out is what happened to Bartholomew Kuma, because he kind of disappears in the middle of the One Piece story and. Well, right now they're focusing in, but that's the it was, that's important. And he's actually holding a Bible, you know, kind of similar to what Bartholomew was like. That so people probably know this Bartholomew Kuma better than this original Bartholomew disciple. And the other Bartholomew that's more famous is this Bartholomew Simpson, Bart Simpson. His name. Is, named, is after Bartholomew. So all these characters named after Bartholomew who are gaining more popularity than the original Bartholomew. Uh, so that's, yeah, just um, a little funny thing about Bartholomew, but this is his uh, full name, actually. Nathaniel, uh, in John, the word Bartholomew does not come out, but he instead uses his first name, Nathaniel. And uh, his, what seems like his last name, Bartholomew, is actually Bartolomai, which means Bar. Bar means son of Ptolemy. So that's his name. Nathaniel, son of Ptolemy. It's not his last name, but people did that back in the uh, ancient times, son of 
something. So it's really interesting. Yeah, John uh, put his first name, but Matthew, when he stated his name, it's really interesting because he goes, here are the names of the 12, uh, Simon, Peter, Andrew, but I don't know, maybe he forgot his name or something. And then writes Bartholomew instead. I, I can totally imagine like Mark, Matthew when he was writing the, the, how do you call that, the, the gospel. It was like, ah, I know this guy, Andrew, ah, long time no see, but who was that 12th guy? Hey, do you, do you guys remember his name? Ah, you know what? I th yeah, he was, I think he was a son of Ptolemy. And by the way, you have to write that quickly because the world needs it. Okay, fine, I'll just write Bartholomew. And then he just left it like that. And so, I, no, it's just uh, just a little uh, funny thing that, uh, you know, I, I found out in the Bible that it's it, the name is listed, but it wasn't even his name. His name was kind of forgotten. Um, and I don't know, he does. He just doesn't seem to be liked by other disciples. I don't know. I'm not sure. Like, probably he's going to beat me up in heaven for saying this probably when I get there. But uh, in John, when he talks about Nathaniel, uh, he's, uh, the, the quote that he is famous for in the book of John is, can anything good come out of Nazareth? When he was hanging out with his brother, uh, his friend Philip, he says this about Jesus and, you know, just his quote and his name being forgotten. Uh, his treatment among the disciples weren't, you know, good. But um, this Bartholomew, we don't know too much about him, uh, but there is records of him going in different places. And so I'm just going to clear this up. And these are the places that there are accounts of Bartholomew going to different places. Um, because he was really good friends with Philip, they, they're like really tight. They were really good friends and they were always together. So there was uh, records of him going to Turkey with Philip. And the other place that there are records of him going to is the Georgia, Azerbaijan, Armenia region with uh, Thaddeus and Simon. He was there. Um, the other thing he was famous for was also going to India with Thomas uh, and bringing the first copy of, of Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, to India. But the interesting thing is also that he wasn't usually the, how do you call that, the arch apostle, the arch disciple that went to that place. The Turkey church was known more for Philip and Matthew, and Bartholomew was like the helper, the second-hand guy. Thaddeus and Simon, they were known more for that region, and Bartholomew was there as their helper. And same with Thomas. The southern India, all about Thomas, but Bartholomew, almost nothing, but slightly, a little bit about, about him. But that was... Uh, the, I believe the strength of Bartholomew, he did not be, he wasn't probably the loudest like Peter or Paul or all, all the other disciples, but he was, you know, there when people needed him. Hey, we need help here. And Bartholomew was the one. Here, I'm going to go there. Uh, when Thaddeus and Simon, hey, we need help here. Bartholomew was the first one to go. I'm going to go there and help. And, 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 and when he went to uh, India, he probably received the first copy of Matthew, reading it, you know, on his trip, on his boat or whatever, reading all oh, the 12 disciples, talks about Peter, talks about Andrew, talks about John and James. 
where's my name? It's like, I, show, I see my dad's name here, Ptolemyba, where's my name? Ah, they forgot about me, but I don't care. I'm still going and taking this Bible to the people that, that need this Bible, that need to hear about the gospel. And some of us, we're thinking that we need to be Peter's and Paul's. Some of you have been, uh, I don't know, prophesied that or told about that, but it's okay. We don't need to be loud, boisterous. We don't need to be uh, putting on a huge show, or we don't need to be the top leaders of the top. We just need to be that helper like Bartholomew and go wherever help is needed. Whenever people call, whenever Pastor Bruce says, we need help in this area, there you are. When people call you in other nations, we need help here, there you go. That's the kind of openness. That's the kind of humility. And that's the kind of eagerness for the gospel that us as every nation disciples we want to see more and that is um i i believe that is the heart of of what god is calling most of us to do you know there are peters there are pauls there are the johns that will be uh top leaders but not everyone will be that everyone although can be bartholomews people who may not have been known people whose name may have been forgotten, but are there when people need help from you. And so such is the group of people that God is calling out. The Thomases, the Peters, the Bartholomews of this generation will make an impact, a worldwide impact. And I believe that a lot of us are here for this reason. A lot of us are here. How many of you are local Taiwanese? How many of you have come from a different nation? This is the calling that God has given you. You, some of us, we received a call from God to come to this nation as missionaries. Some of us, it's companies. Some of us, we found a good school and that's why we're here. But God has a calling for you in this nation to make an impact. You know, some of, sometimes we just, we might not see the major impact that we see happening in Taiwan around us. But the seeds that you are sowing right now, the seeds of prayer, the seeds of just reading the Bible, hanging out with people, speaking the gospel, and encouraging someone, we don't know and we can't see so very clearly to the future of what God is going to do with that seed. That seed that Thomas planted, he ended up dying. He ended up uh, at a young age um, as a martyr, and he did not probably finish what he wanted to do there. Was it a sad end? Maybe, but God ended up changing that region of India. And as so you guys as well, the gospel that you have brought from your nations, the Bible, the gospel, the encouragements, the words, the prayers that you speak into this nation is a seed that will make lasting impact. We might not see it immediately, it might seem like nothing is happening right now, but watch and wait until God does something miraculous with what, what God has um, given you. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. Now, I want to uh, share this story about um, a guy, a student uh, that came to our church several, uh, like, I don't know, 20 years ago or something. He um, uh, was a... He said he was a Christian, uh, but his life didn't seem like it. Um, he was known among the international school, school community as uh, one of the bad guys. He, him and his group would go vandalizing different schools, 
break and uh, I don't know set little parts on fire and stuff like that you know and uh, breaking schools they were uh, miners but they drank they they smoked and they were doing drugs they were um, evangelizing to Christians by giving drugs to them you know you would they would uh, turn Christians into drug users and stuff like that and this guy uh, invited himself um, to to our church because I don't know maybe the girls were cute or something <laughs> and so the girls uh, they knew about this guy oh my goodness he's coming to our church and so they had a prayer meeting the girls were like please Lord protect us from him don't let him lay a finger on us if it's your will don't let him come or, or something like that and then he ended up coming coming to church and yes he was he was crazy he was um, uh, that kind of guy. Um, he also invited himself to the youth camp that happened that year. Um, and people were like, why is he coming and stuff? But this guy uh, ended up changing in this youth camp. He was during, he was doing worship. Uh, during worship, like the Holy Spirit like just blew him away, speaking in tongues, got really, really saved on that on that day then after that his growth uh, he was uh, with the pastor with uh, the young men of that community people did one-to-one -one with him he got plugged into a small group he did purple book he went through victory weekend and all of that and uh, he eventually became a pastor of the Yokohama church and right now he's preaching in front of you guys in, in the <laughs> Taiwan church <laughs> Uh, maybe some of you have, have heard this and he's like, oh, there he goes again, <laughs> talking, <laughs> talking about himself. <laughs> but I think such is the impact uh, that uh, reaching students has. Sometimes they really don't seem promising. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, giving drugs to Christians and turning them into drug users, you know, like what good will come out of him? What good? He's, he's harmful to the... He's, a terrible guy you don't want to even be around him or near him but when the gospel really touches the soul of a student you what what you see in them what you see the outward appearance means nothing at all God changes that person radically 180 degrees into world changers and that's just my story but I believe that that is God will magnify that to a uh, hundred times with the youth of your of this church let's pour it pour into them you know keep praying for them some of us we aren't really hands-on on them but you know whenever you see them on the hallways running around just tap them on the back you know that even just just that encourages them just say something you know hey you're faster running or something like that you're a great guy hey you're a good looking kid or whatever I don't know but encourage them somehow in your own way just tiny little words pray for them and pray for the mission of campus ministry of this church, because that's what we're trying to do. We are planting, planting seeds into the hearts of them. They don't look promising. A lot of them don't. But God's promise is real. That they, with that gospel, will go and change the world, change this nation as well. So I want to uh, just uh, pray to end with, with all of us. Uh, we want to really believe this, that we're going to really change the campus here, here in Taiwan, and through that, we're going to change the world. Father, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your love. 
We thank you for your example that you have chosen these 12, created a school, and you discipled it, Lord God, so that they may be world changers. Father, help us understand that and help us really contextualize that and, and fit that into our context, fit that into our lives, Lord God. We may have ch children, we may have a neighboring kids around us that we may not know, but Lord, help us have a, give us a key into their lives, Lord God, that we may speak truth into their lives, that we may encourage them, that the gospel may go deeply into the hearts, Lord God, that it may be rooted and grow Lord God, that they may be world changers. Father, we pray for the, the students right now, the youth right now. Where are they? Are they in that other room? Okay, we lay hands on them. We stretch out our hands over to them, Lord God, that you are going to impact their lives, Lord God. Father, we may be thinking, ah, they are not responding to the gospel or they're not growing. I don't know about their faith, Lord God, but Father, you have an order made salvation experience, a discipleship process for each and every one of them. Sometimes it may be frustrating, but Father, we know that you have an order made special, uh, mind-blowing experience that you have waiting for them. Let us be patient, but Father, let us see the gradual growth, the gradual, um, the work that you're doing in their hearts, Lord God. We pray for these future Taiwan changers, world changers, Lord God, that they may be going out. They may not be Paul's and Peter's that, but we pray some of them would come out from that. Well, we pray for humble hearts, just helping, wanting to help, the eagerness to do anything, to go wherever, Lord God, for you, to do whatever for you, Lord God. Right now, as they're being taught in kids' church, let that start stirring up in them, Lord God. Let us keep praying for them and trusting you for the work that you're going to do in them and through them, Father. We thank you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. We pray this message spoke to you and built your faith. For more messages like this, visit our website at everynationtaipei.com. You can also send a prayer request and reach out to us anytime. God bless you. Till next time.